Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mike Parsons. I own a small uh, cybersecurity consulting company here in eastern North Carolina. I've been in uh, information security since the mid-90s. I helped put the first firewall in at Wachovia. Uh, I've been done extensive work in cybersecurity as well as in technology in general. Uh, my, passion is work- my, my passion is working with small businesses. Awesome. And so we also like to ask a personality question as well. So, you know, with football coming to an end, football season coming to an, an end, who is your team that you've been rooting for this football season? If you've been, you know, following football or if you've been following, you know, another sports team. See, football, that's the one with an oval ball, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, I don't follow sports much anymore these days. Okay, so, you know, on the weekends when you're on your downtime, what's one of your favorite shows to watch then? What's something you put on to relax? Uh, my wife and I usually binge on Netflix shows mm-hmm. or uh, Amazon Prime. Yep, there you go. So, Good downtime for sure. So, yeah, we, we, have to, we have to have our break from reality. Oh, yeah, every, we all do. We all do with this crazy world going on. <laughs> So for someone who um, doesn't know what a cybersecurity analyst is, or you're a senior um, a senior cybersecurity architect, so for someone who doesn't know what that is, explain a little bit, you know, what your day-to-day is, what you do. So we all heard about, or we all hear about the breaches that occur, uh, and then we hear of these issues like we had with SolarWinds not too long ago, where uh, somebody put some malware on the SolarWinds uh, application, and then that was spread to anybody who was subscribing to that particular piece of software. Uh, So a lot of my day is uh, just working with people, helping to make them aware of the issues that they're uh, facing, making sure that they understand that the bad guys don't know whether you're a big company or a little company. They just look look at you as an opportunity. Maybe that opportunity is to uh, steal data. Maybe it's an opportunity to uh, gain personal information so they can impersonate that person. So a good portion of my day is working with organizations and individuals so that they understand those threats and understand that there are solutions in the technology that we have today to help reduce the risk of those things. Mm-hmm. And so this is Victoria, and I, I have a question when it comes to our, I don't want to say place, but the United States. We're, we're one of the top superpowers in the world, if not the top superpower in the world. But one of the places that we do seem to be, to be lacking is our cybersecurity infrastructure. Um, do you have that same sort of outlook and can that be detrimental in the future, especially when it comes to politics? So, for example, the um, in 2016, 
when we had the um, elections. There have been accusations and documentaries and reports about Russia interference in our um, election. Um, whether or not that is true or whether or not that that really did have uh, a outcome in the election can be you know, discussed and debated, but there is no debate when it comes to the actual interference of what happened in the elections. Okay. So what you're asking then is ha- having our elections conducted through, automa- through automation, like in the voting, mach- voting machines. Is that a risky situation or not, not a risky situation in this country? Mm-hmm. That could be one, right, that could be like one aspect of it because it's not only about like the voting machines but also kind of what happens with um, laptops and with people's uh, like top government agents, their, uh, yeah, the laptops and the information that they do have access to that may not be exactly highly encrypted or safeguarded. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I see where you're trying to go. Uh, so the, the, the real question to me is, and, and I think that there are some, some issues. The, the issues are that uh, people still don't take this stuff seriously. Uh, they, they wave it off and say, well, I'm too unimportant. My laptop is too unimportant. But what they don't realize is that every piece of technology that connects to the network is a potential target for uh, malicious actors. And those actors will attempt to uh, break into the piece of technology, and they may sit there quietly for months on end just watching and listening to what's going on on that particular device. Uh, It may be that they'll never need they'll never raise their head or they may see something that interests them maybe it's uh looking at streams of individuals and addresses that look like well maybe these are votes being cast and so can i do something to you know screw that up um what it all boils down to in my mind is that there's a decided lack of urgency uh, among many people, of, of the seriousness of the threats that we face. Remember that, I, at least I refer to these guys as having uh, clever people that have too much time on their hands, and they do have time. Time is on their side. We don't have the time on our side. We have goals that we're trying to make. Uh, we're trying. We have uh, products we're trying to produce, whether it be in a, a an in, election with integrity or whether it be uh, the COVID-19 virus. And all of those take a tremendous amount of technology to make it work uh, efficiently, effectively, and securely. So if we don't take the right steps to protect this stuff, then we're going to have that problem. Is the technology there to prevent these events? Absolutely. Given a, given a person enough time, there is, you know, there will be an ability to stop most attacks. But the problem is that we don't have the resources, or the, I guess I can't can't say it's resources because the technology is there. We don't have the interest uh, or concern to go out and find the solutions to prevent these things from happening. 
that happened uh, in in 2016. It happened in 2020. I mean, you all heard the stories. I mean, uh, states brought in voting machines and they didn't even have the staff to run them. They had to have the manufacturer of the voting machine come in and run the machines for them. To me, that's, you know, that's a problem. That's not because the infrastructure was at fault. It's because that we had a management problem that didn't think it was worthwhile to make the necessary investments in their in their uh, capital, which is human beings and the human beings time uh, to make sure that there were uh, monitors of what what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so what what are some steps do you think that people can take to kind of up that infrastructure and, and safeguard against people who do have too much time on, on their hands? Well, take, for example, uh, your own situation. I assume you have a laptop or a Mac or something like that, right? Yes, uh, <laughs> I do. Okay. So can you tell me that you have uh, have faithfully kept up with all the patches that Microsoft sent your way? I don't want to say that in public, because, but you know what? I, I, am, I am guilty of not doing that. Right. So when you when you miss when you miss a patch, yeah, I, I understand it's a pain to you know uh, something gets in the way of what you're trying to get done. Uh, it happens to me all the time. Uh, but if you don't keep those patches up to date, then the malicious actors have another weak point in your defense. What about your antivirus? Uh, No, (laughs) I was gonna say, yeah, antivirus, um, not as much. I have one, but I don't know if it's, if, I mean, I get notifications all the time to say to update, you know, to do all these updates and all that stuff. And you follow them faithfully? No, again, I do, (laughs) I do not. (laughs) So this is, I mean, I guess this is my point. You know, we have a, the internet is a wonderful thing. It provides a lot of opportunity for people to learn. But the internet also has its risks. Everything we do has risks. And the question is, is how do we manage those risks? We have three options. We can uh, ignore the risk. Um, We can uh, accept the risk. I'm sorry, four things. We can fix the risk or we can pay somebody else to fix it. That's when you uh, have uh, somebody off to the side and and they're basically coming in and checking out your PC on a regular basis to make sure that it has all the patches, that its antivirus is up to date, that all the applications that you have uh, are current because there, there's a constant movement on the internet to keep these things updated. We're in an arms race. So we find something to stop the bad guys on Tuesday and on Wednesday, the bad guys have a solution to get a, get around the obstacle that we put in their in their path. So then, out comes another iteration, and it's a it's a constant cycle. It's not something where we can set it and forget it. And when we understand that and understand the uh, necessity of that, uh, that will go a long way to help start closing the doors. So one of the things that are becoming quite popular following um, really the insurrection that happened on January 6th are these encrypted messaging apps. Um, 
do you, what is your take on those apps? How safe are they to you? And do you think that they can, you know, keep people's information private? So those in, encrypted apps uh, can be a good thing. Uh, they can, you know, they can definitely go a long way to uh, protecting your privacy. But they protect your privacy, but guess who, guess who else's privacy they protect? And that's where, you know, I mean, you've seen all the uh, articles of people trying to convince Apple to let law enforcement get into a, you know, somebody that they're pretty sure was a bad guy's phone to see see if there's anything, any, any telltale marks to make the case easier. Now, I'll be the first to agree that there is always that risk of uh, police overreach. Uh, it's, it's just the nature of the game. But if, uh, if we don't provide them tools to be able to protect us, then we've got a problem, at least in, in my mind. So you have to make a decision of do you uh, protect uh, everybody equally? And I guess I'm saying that the wrong way. Um, how, far, how far do you go uh, to take away people's liberty. There have been many uh, philosophers who have said, you know, in a, in a true, true society, um, there can really not, never be perfect liberty. Everybody always has to consider their neighbors and the things that they do. So we, don't, we never really have perfect liberty, perfect freedom. It's called freedom and liberty with, with responsibility. And that responsibility comes to how we uh, deal with, with other people in our community. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us because this is something that is very important to our democracy and, and just things that we need to work on and just be aware of as citizens in this country. And um, so I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Y'all have a good day.